0: Do you like ice cream? Oh man, on a hot day when it's really hot outside, I enjoy a good bowl of ice cream, especially mint chocolate chip. However, we all know ice cream isn't too good for you. So I don't have it very often. And in fact, one of the times uh, we decided, hey, we're gonna try to eat a little healthier here. So we got this healthy ice cream. It was low carbs, no dairy. And you eat it and it's still ice cream. I mean, it still tastes pretty good but it's not the real thing. It doesn't compare at all to what ice cream can be when you have all that whole milk and cream and all that sugar. No, it just can't compete. You can tell you're eating it and it tastes pretty good, but there's something missing. That low-carb ice cream just isn't everything that it could be. You know, this week we're kinda taking a break from our series Through the Minor Prophets and we're launching into a new series, kind of a mini series, it's titled Better Together. Now, if you've been around the church at all, you know that the mission that Jesus gives us, that great commission in Matthew 28 is to go and make disciples. And we're privileged and we're honored that Jesus would choose to use us, to be on mission, to go and make disciples, to be his representatives. But sometimes we can just go out of duty, out of obligation, out of just we have to, and our efforts can, well, not return so much because we're focused on what we have to, the duty, the honor of it, but not really how we go. And so, if you've been around the church, you know that that's also measured with the great commandment that you find earlier in Matthew 25, where Jesus tells us that we're to love God and to love others, that we're to be known by our love, and that's the great commandment. And you know, we can go and follow the great commission, and we can obey the great commandment to love But there can still be something missing. All of our discipleship efforts can can still be just a little short. It might not be everything that it could be because there's still that missing ingredient. That's what we're going to look at in this series. It's the ingredient together. I want you to see it as Jesus prays, this high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17, John 17, 20 through 26. Let's check it out. Jesus prays. and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So we come to this high priestly prayer of Jesus. It's the Lord's Prayer. I know that when we think of the Lord's Prayer, we often think of that moment when the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus, He teaches them. He says, Hey, disciples pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And He goes on. But that's really the disciples prayer. Jesus is instructing the disciples on how to pray. This is how the disciples ought to pray. It's kind of a misnomer to call that one the Lord's Prayer. That's the disciples prayer here we get this front side seat as we get to watch our savior praying this is the lord's prayer and when jesus prays if we go back to the beginning we kind of entered it midstream here jesus he prays for the father and he prays for the disciples that he's made he's he's asking that his mission would go forth and all this would take place and then then he prays for you and me This is what he focuses on. He focuses on you. How amazing is this? Right before Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, he has you on his mind. With everything that he's going to go through, I mean, how alone he is in the world at that time, that there's no one can, no one could do what he was asked to do. There was no man on earth who could do this. There was no angel who could do it. It was only God himself, Jesus Christ, who could pay the price for our sin, who could come up against that force of evil and defeat it. Only he could do it. And as he was just about to do that, he was thinking of you. As he looked to heaven, you were in his mind, you were in his vision. And this is what he prays for, for our unity. It's the part of making disciples that we can often miss. We understand the great commission. We understand the the impetus to go and to make disciples. We understand the great commandment. We understand the necessity of love. But sometimes we can miss that we're called to do it together. Don't you see that's, the, that's everything that Jesus is praying for? Together, this unity, this unity in mission, this unity of purpose, this unity of submission to the scriptures, this unity in action, this unity of love, it's all together. We are all about the Great Commission. We're all about the Great Commandment. We also must all be about the great collaboration, that this is done together. It's often what's missing. See, we often, we launch out to make disciples alone. We have our discipleship plans, and, uh, but those plans, they often go uh, kind of out the window, because we get discouraged. We can throw in the towel, or we have these great plans, but we never follow through. Maybe we think it's for somebody else, or we don't know even how to get going. And so, this great mission of Jesus that he's given to us and shares with us, well, it can be left undone because we try to do it alone. You know, I was in Sierra Leone, Africa, back in the early part of 2020. It was the last time I was there, right before COVID hit. And one night while I was there, we had this meeting. It was beyond just the Bridge of Hope team. It was also, there were medical missionaries there, and there were donors there, and there were Sierra Leonean pastors there, and all these people gathered in this little small room, really, having a dinner, thinking about how are we going to make more disciples in Sierra Leone, Africa? It was interesting, if you went around that room, you would see us, uh, our team there from the Bridge of Hope, about eight of us, and yeah, we're all from North America, two different sides, you got people on the East Coast, people on the West Coast, you got people from various denominations, but we're all North American speaking English there in Sierra Leone. The guy who led the medical missionary hospital, well, he was from Europe, there were several others from Europe. One of the medical missionaries, the lady who prepared the meal for us, well, she was from south america some of the donors who were there they were from asia we had sierra leonean pastors there they were a part of that meeting though all of us combined there was only about 20 to 25 of us and as you looked across the room you saw people from different countries different continents every corner of the globe You saw all these different skin tones represented, people with different primary languages. There were men and women, people with various gifts. We all brought very diverse backgrounds, very diverse stories into that room. And yet there was this one thing that united us. How can we come together and unite in seeing the Great Commission take place in Sierra Leone? How are we going to make disciples who are going to make disciples in Sierra Leone, Africa? And so with all these differences that are brought into that room, we united in our worship of Jesus as we sang together. We united together as we prayed and as we collaborated in brainstorming and having this conversation, how are we going to make disciples? You know, I don't think the beauty of that moment was lost on anybody who was there, just to be able to look around the room and see all these unique faces, knowing these stories are so unique. And at the same time, seeing that the God who unites us our Lord and Savior Jesus, he's greater than whatever differences we may have, whatever reasons why we shouldn't have been in that room. God called all these people from all corners of the globe into this small country, small place, in one of the poorest countries in the world, to dream about how we're going to make disciples. It was a special moment. But moments like that, they're all they're all too rare, aren't they? Because all too often we try to make disciples Alone, But when you come together, there's this power, there's this synergy, there's this excitement that we get to partner together to make disciples. And so this is what Jesus is praying about. He's praying for unity, that we would be united in our mission, united in our love. And then the unity that he's talking about there, it's not just this positional unity where, okay, you've all been adopted into the family and, hey, we're all family after all, so we're going to have to figure this thing out and get along. No, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's not just this blind love unity. Well, hey, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to love you and we're going to be okay. It's, it's, It's not this ignorance kind of a thing. No, the love that Jesus is talking about here, it's positional, yes, but it is functional. It is practical. It's a oneness in action together. It's a oneness of purpose. It's a oneness in the commission that Jesus has given us. It's a oneness in how we do it in love. It's a oneness in that we are all saying that we are submitting ourselves to the truth and the testimony of the revealed scriptures. See, it's this great unity. And when a unity like that takes place, wow, the mission of the church explodes. What takes place is exciting. You know, even since COVID and all everything that's happened there in the church in Sierra Leone that we were meeting with as we, as we partnered with those pastors, they've now planted another church. I mean, th- this is what happens when God's people come together in unity. But as Jesus says, you know, it's just a little bit of leaven can ruin the whole lump. You get just a little bit of the bad stuff in there and the whole thing is ruined. It doesn't take much. I mean, you get one person or a couple people who choose to complain about stylistic things or preferences that they have or the way they want to do things rather than being focused simply on the purpose that we've been given, the great commission. Well, it can, it can grind everything to a halt in the church. It can ultimately kill churches. And so Jesus, he's praying for the unity of his people that we would be united. You know, one of the greatest examples of spiritual unity and this kind of taking place and maturity is Paul and Barnabas. You remember they were about to go on, a, uh, on another missionary trip and they had been on one before and John Mark had deserted them and so they had this conversation and, and Paul, he said, we got to let John Mark go and Barnabas says, no, we got to give him another chance. And They had this sharp disagreement and for the sake of, of the gospel, for the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, they agreed to part ways and to each go on their separate, on their separate journeys in an effort to make disciples. They didn't stay together. They recognized that for the good of the church, for the good of the mission, for the good of the testimony of Jesus, it's better at that time if they part company. This was incredible spiritual maturity. And so they both went on to lead just incredible missionary movements, making disciples, planting churches. You know, I want us to take the rest of the time that we had together and just look at a couple uh, takeaways from this passage that are really important for us. First. Together reflects the image of God. Do you understand that? That together, when when we operate in unity as we're called to, as Jesus prayed that we would, when we truly embrace this great collaboration, we're reflecting the image of God because God is together. You know, you go all the way back to the beginning of time, to before the foundations of the earth, before God had spoke everything into being. And his name at that time, Elohim. That's how he's introduced to us. He is Elohim. Elohim, you may know, is a plural word. See, even in the name of God, there's this plurality to him. He has existed eternally as together in this oneness. So, this morning, as we're talking about the great commission and the great commandment and the great collaboration. At the same time, this pictures the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, this perfect oneness together. And when we go off the way that Jesus is calling us to, to make disciples together, well, that reflects the very nature of our God and who he is. Beyond that, together, the body of Christ works best. You understand the body of Christ works best together And I'm not just talking about the local body here, like central. Yes, we work best together, but it goes beyond that. This goes to the universal church, that the universal church will work best together. I may have told you this story before. I've spent some time in India. I was training pastors over there, and I noticed that many of the pastors had scars on their faces. And so during one of the breaks, through an interpreter, I asked the pastors there, hey, why do you all have scars? Like, what's, what's going on? And so I tried to delicately ask that question. And they told me that when they went into these Hindu villages, that the henchmen, the, the chief would send out their henchmen to get these guys, to beat them, to dissuade them from ever coming back to their village again, forever preaching Jesus again. Well, the purpose of the conference was to equip pastors with some material that they could actually take into illiterate Hindu rural villages. These are the very places where they were being persecuted. And so then I asked the follow-up question, well, are you nervous? Are are you scared to go back in to those villages? I mean, Are you going to use the teaching that we're trying to kind of collaborate here together with? And you know what their response was? They started laughing. They were laughing because just as the apostles considered it joy and rejoice when they were beaten and persecuted and suffered for the sake of Jesus, so these pastors, they said the same thing. They said, we're so honored that God would allow us to suffer in the same way that Jesus suffered. We can't imagine doing anything else. We can't wait to go back. You understand the church in Asia can teach us a lot about what suffering looks like. We, we rarely see that type of discipleship here in North America. But you can go around the globe, you can see the way the underground church is flourishing in China. You go to Africa and see this explosion of Christianity that's taking place there. And also out of extreme poverty this deep worship oh there's no preferences nothing like that they don't care about stylistic things it's all just worship of our king go to south america and you can see the community that takes place there in the church you can go into europe and you can learn the history and learn lessons of what happens when christianity is forgotten about and buildings are just left just to decay. And you can come to North America where there's this this deep wealth of knowledge and theological training. You understand all these places, you can go from continent to continent to country to country, and we can talk about the strengths and deficiencies of each one and how we truly are better together. And we can look around the room, and I can look at you, you can look at me, and we can look at our strengths, and we can look at our deficiencies, and we can see the same thing, that we really are better together together the body of christ functions best together we need that type of togetherness one more thing together is what's often missing from the mission of jesus see too many times we do we try to launch out alone the the missing ingredient is often together think back the way jesus commissioned his disciples Remember how it happened? He takes these guys. They're really a ragtag bunch, right? He's taking fishermen. He's taking tax collectors. Just, he's taking a Jewish zealot. He's got these guys from a broad, diverse range of backgrounds. And he takes them all. And as he's discipling them, he's training them. And when the time comes to send them off, to say, okay, now you're ready for the mission. You're ready to go. You're ready to make disciples. You're ready to share Jesus and impact people. You remember how he sent them off? He sent them off. Together in groups of two. He didn't have them go it alone. He he sent them off together. See, maybe you have this great idea of how you can make disciples. If you just keep it to yourself, it's probably not gonna happen. You're gonna be more excited, you're gonna be more encouraged. And when dark days come, when difficulties come, when persecution comes, when people start saying things about you and you're ready to throw in the towel. Well, it's a whole lot harder to throw in the towel when you've got somebody right next to you who's going through it too. It's one of the reasons why here at Central that we encourage everybody to be involved in an impact group. Because you get together, you begin to study the scriptures together, you, you know each other and you're known by others. And then you're also able to talk about, hey, how is God using you? And even dream, how can God use us together? That's why we do projects like We Love Our City and get out in the community together to try to make disciples together. For too long, we've tried to do this on our own, and it doesn't work. See, it's the missing ingredient. Discipleship, it works best when we're following the great commission yes to go and make disciples when we're doing this in love and not out of obligation the great commandment love God and love others and when we do this together the great collaboration where we go together you understand we really are better together heavenly father we thank you that you haven't called us to make disciples on our own that none of us are these super discipleship makers. But God, together, when we each bring our strengths to the table and we're able to collaborate together and to encourage each other as we go in this perfect unity of mission, of purpose, and submission to your scriptures, God, we really are better together. Help us to make disciples together. We need your help to do that. So we ask this by the power of your Holy Spirit and the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.